The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to pod 18 of Red Side of the Trade. racking them up now. And we come in particularly buoyant mood as Forest have, well, <laughs> had a fantastic week. So it started off yesterday with a uh, thumping 4-0 victory over relegation threatened Reading, which very much put them back into the playoff picture. That came on the back of a 2-1 home victory against Huddersfield in the FA Cup, which means Forest are now in the quarterfinals the world's best cup competition and that came on the back of a one draw at Sheffield United which came in the last minute and was the very least that we deserved we'll be covering all three of those games in due course starting with the Reading game so Lee it was a very very quick start uh, I think it's the second fastest goal we've ever scored in championship history the first being Jack Leicester after 10 seconds just 17 seconds before Warhol found Spence, who then found Davis. Uh, were you in your seat at the time? Were you there and ready? Or no issues yeah. getting through into the kickoff? Yeah, I was there. Um, interestingly, you mentioned the Jack Lester one. We wasn't actually there for that one. We always remember it because our car actually broke down on the way. Oh, um, no. And we thought, well, nothing happened. I think we, we worked out by the time it was fixed and everything. We'd missed about five or ten minutes. I think David Platt was the manager then, wasn't he? Um, so, yeah. nothing exciting ever happened then and we went and scored after 17 <laughs> seconds um, so yeah sods well but we did see this one yesterday which was nice um, I actually said as soon as we kicked off look how high Spencer's gone um, mm. I think it was clearly I mean I think that's how we play anyway getting the full backs well the wing backs high but Spencer was super high to say we'd been playing 10 seconds he, he, he'd just gone um, and then well seconds later the ball's in the net it was just it was remarkable, really. Um, but yeah, um, just just really good to see. Just really nice to see us race out the blocks. And I've said all season, I think, uh, well, since Cooper came in, that I think if we score first, I, I don't really fancy us to lose too many games at all. And scoring after 17 seconds um, couldn't be better, could it, really? Sort of set the tone quite nice, didn't it, really? Although it did seem um, as if, Obviously, you can, I never, I don't really buy into the argument you can score too early in the game because obviously your goals are good and that's a big, big thing. But it did seem as if we maybe got a little bit complacent and Merck thought, oh, you know, it's only Reading. They're probably going to go down anyway. We've got this in the bag now. And I did seem to eke out a few opportunities. Perhaps quite unlucky not to be going into half-time level, that uh, Laurent header. Reese, what did you make of Forrest's sort of mentality after that first goal? Yeah, we was very flat, weren't we? It was very similar to like the England Italy final, weren't it? When England scored so early, and then then as a fan, you're like, "Come on, let's push on now." But it kind of sends teams a little bit back into the shell. 
And I thought, I thought we did that yesterday. And like you said, Christian was a bit complacent. And the better, better side probably would have got back in the game, but they were they were just same as Barnsley, weren't they? they? I know they carved a couple of chances out, but it never they never really looked like scoring. You know, and then second half, as I'm sure we'll come on to, we stepped it up again. It was easy pickings for us, and yeah, great win in the end. Yeah, I'm sure Club 1871, the very famous Reading Collective, had a fantastic day. Um, Adam, so. Obviously, it did seem as if like words at halftime were very much needed. And also because Forrest came out a different side in the second half, one that was very much on the front foot again, one that was very eager to get like the goals to let their dominance tell. What do you think people would have said to them at halftime? He probably gave them a hairdryer treatment, I would have thought, because um, it wasn't good enough. And Cooper's come out in games when we've dominated and won. Barnsley won. Springs to mind that Reece said he come out and that and he wasn't happy. Um, and that's just the standard he's setting now. And it's it's only a good thing because we are now treating every team uh, with with some sort of respect that we need to go and play our best every minute of every game. Um, Reading could have easily got back into it. They have got the players to to get out of their situation. It's just obviously they're off the field that's probably the thing that's hampering them but it's good that we come out with a, with a bit of with a bit of gusto in the second half and and took took a team to the cleaners it would have been nice obviously to get five six and show even more dominance but when you've got a game Wednesday night it kind of doesn't doesn't matter too much for four nil will do won't it absolutely yeah good for goal difference as well which uh, by way of speaking Forest have at current uh, moment in time the third best goal difference in the league with plus 16 only Fulham and Bournemouth have better which is very impressive bear in mind we gave the whole league a seven game head start but obviously like as you mentioned there already do have players that could have hurt us obviously Lauren flashed ahead of just wide in the half time probably should have scored Horvath made a save from Morrison again that was it wasn't really a lot on there it wasn't it was very much angle wasn't there he just got a shot on target was probably hoping for a corner but that was all, literally everything that Reading had was offered in those minutes after the first goal because in the second half they were completely blown away. And Lee, the thing that set that on its own perhaps was even before he scored the goal, you know, you can see Forrest were edging closer and closer, but Keenan Davis's second was just absolutely sublime. The turn to the skill, the, the directness towards goal and to find the corner where he did and nick it off the post as well. It's always very satisfying to see a goal uh, that comes off the post and goes in. But um, what did you make of his effort, which is probably a goal of the season contender, really, for us? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was Colin Moore-esque. Um, it really was. Um, he, I think he's quickly becoming one of my favourite ever loan signings for Forest. Um, it, it sound it may sound a bit knee-jerk, but I just can't believe the impact he's had since he came in. To be honest, um, I think it, the fact that it's su- such a welcome surprise as well. I mean, you look at his goal-scoring record before he came in. And I must admit, I think that looks probably so poor based on the fact that every time he's coming on the pitch for five to ten minutes at the end of a game, it's racking up as an appearance. But um, it's just it's mental what impact he's had. Um, and it's just, yeah, his goal was fantastic. His all-round play is fantastic as well. I mean, he works tirelessly, even on Monday against Huddersfield when he came on. Mm. I always worry sometimes if, if someone's taken out for such a big game, how will it affect their morale? But he came on with, you know, like it almost like he'd taken being on the bench quite well. Um, understood the process, understood what Cooper wanted to do, and yeah, long may it continue bringing these players in. I, I don't remember a season where we've had so many lone players actually look like they genuinely give a toss about the club. 
Um, I think for far too many players who are literally there just because, oh, great, I can get, get a few games under my belt, pick up a few quid, happy days, and then at the end of the season, I'll go back to my club and, and we'll go from there. But the, I think every lone player we've signed this season, they've got the look as though to say, do you know what, if I end up playing for Forest for the foreseeable, then so be it. And uh, long may that recruitment strategy continue, to be honest. No, definitely. It's something that was touched upon in the week as well. I mean, uh, Max Lowe gave us, I think it was an interview to the Post, a very exclusive for them. And um, yeah, he sort of mentioned that most of the loan signings, he said all of them really want to sort of stay at Forest, like beyond their temporary spell. Obviously, some of those are the easiest to acquire another, especially in Lowe's case, as opposed to forking out 15 million for Jed Spence. But it is good that, like I said, they, they do have, these players have come to Forest, not with the intention of it's only a short-term setback, wait till the manager gets sacked, go back to my parent club and get in. They actually all seem to want to come to the club and deliver and maybe stay for longer, which is great to see. And again, kudos to, to recruitment from that. And another player who has sort of really kicked on is um, Ryan Yates, who three goals in three games, we'll cover that. Uh, Reese, his goal on Saturday, I actually thought it was a bit harsh. So it was described on Sky on Soccer Saturday, I think it was Rob Palmer. He said that Yates, the ball was worked into him and he had not, not a lot on and was basically shooting to try and get deflection for a corner. And he just happened to be on target. The keeper sort of dived over it and it went in, which I think is a little bit harsh having watched it back. But um, it's also an assist for Jed Spence, one of the easiest ones we'll ever get. But <laughs> what did you make of the whole sort of move and subsequent goal? <laughs> to, to be fair to Ryan, I thought their keeper looked dodgy all afternoon and he... He probably thought to himself, "Let's have a test," mm. and it went. It went in, and I mean, you know that the same goal was the one who dropped one in it for Derby, didn't he? Gifted them a point. So, yes, yeah, yeah, fair, fair play, fair play to you on that. You, you know, he got a test of keeper, and he's got himself a goal, three, three and three. I mean, I, I was probably like at the four of us, at least critical on the last pod. So, um, brilliant, but brilliant, brilliant is. It, it's it's brilliant because you know to to be fair like when when everyone's giving us when you're doing like a positive and negative people do always remember the negatives more than most but we we did say last week that he does make some really good runs into the box and you know the Huddersfield one that run was timed to perfection you know I know people might say well it's a free header but he's made that run you know, and he, and connected with it brilliantly. The Sheffield United one as well, you know, James Garner on the money, and that was a great header right into the corner. Mm. Mainly bugbear from, is a big bugbear in football, is why teams don't have players on the post at corners, because they just clear that off the line, but I don't, I don't care because it's for us. But <sighs> yeah, fair, fair play to him, you know. Um, we've given him criticism you know, along with a load of other players who at times, but he's probably deserved it at the time. But, you know, we'll be balanced and I'll give him praise and long mate continues. If, you know, if he can get us into double figures for the season for a midfielder who's, you'd probably say more his defensive attributes, uh, more his quality then that's absolutely brilliant for Forrest. And, to, you know, another thing yesterday, Jay, when we dropped James Garner back into centre mid, the team completely changed. He can't. He, he isn't. A, he isn't a camp. He's a. He's a box to box midfielder. And to and to be honest, I'm not taking away um, anything from anything anyone else. But for me, and this is 
probably be a bit of an unpopular opinion, but Garner at the minute is probably our most important player for how we play. Because I just think he just dictates that middle of the park. His, his delivery is brilliant and everyone's playing superbly and I can't knock anyone. It's, it's, it's a great time to be a Forest fan and I was speaking to odd people last night at the boxing. We're a good side and we, we just said that we're a good side and when's the last time you could have probably said that? I mean, under Lamousse, it was like, well, we're a bit lucky and, you know, long may it continue, brilliant. No, very much so. I think you're right back. I, like I said, in the chat... Um, I said before the game, why are we playing Garner and Tenra? If we're going to drop Zinkenegg or he's ill, I'd much rather Lolly come into that role because he can at least play there. Garner from the midfield, he is the engine. Like, there's no disputing that. He's that good. Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, it worked. We can won 4-0. And one would be very pleasing, Adam, and you mentioned this before, actually, was if we can get to a position where we are clinical and we can rest our players while they're still on the pitch, if that makes sense. We went one better against Reading because we took off our best players against, uh, against against the Royals, and we still scored a fourth goal. And all the subs connected, so it was Cathu's fantastic flick down the right hand side to Zande Silva, who came for Johnson. Silva puts it across the box for Surridge, who came off Davis, and first time finish into the corner. I mean, how? I mean, for a manager, it must be delight. You must be buzzing with that. All three of your subs, all three of your changes have changed the game and put it farther further beyond doubt. And again, good for Surridge again to get a second goal in two games too. Yeah, definitely. It's good that we've got uh, strength and depth at the moment and people aren't even mentioning the absence of Lewis Crabbin with all the goals we've been scoring, yeah. which is a massive, massive plus because when we get him back, he's another asset we we bring in. Um, really happy for Sam Surridge. He, he's obviously a tireless working striker and he's obviously got a good finishing of him as we've seen in the last two games. Scoring two goals, two really good finishes as well. And I feel really happy for Cathy. I mean, I was quite surprised we brought him on. I thought I thought Surridge was the one that we'd bring on and Davis can kind of be that that number, that deep-lying striker uh, and, and Surridge kind of run on behind him. But Cafu seems to be this squad player and he's a big hype man, kind of a bit like what Connor Cody was <laughs> for England in the Euros, where he's not going to play that much, but he's the first one to congratulate someone and he's... And he's happy to to be a cheerleader almost, uh, which is a bit of like it's a bit harsh to say that because he's a professional footballer in, in in the squad. But he's not moaning. He could easily go to the manager and be and be a disrupt a disruption in the dressing room. And 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 he's obviously not because he's he's smiling and he's happy. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm happy for Xander Silva because he's he's got something in him. He's just trying to get out of yeah, him. But yeah, when you've got like when you've got Johnson playing well, Davis playing well, Surridge playing well, it's quite hard to drop him. But it's good to see that we've got Yates scoring, uh, Surridge now starting to score, Davis scoring, and it takes the pressure off like the likes of of uh, Johnson and Graben, Zinconago, probably make our main scorers this season. It's good that it kind of distributed across the, the entire entire squad, really. Yeah, no, definitely. I think as touched on Silva, I mean, we could see like he does get into these very good positions. As the first time his end product's actually paid off, I mean, it's his first assist to the club. Obviously, he could have had four goals by now, but um, obviously it hasn't. But no, it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be really, it's really pleasing to show that we actually have got depth and, you know, the signings have actually made an impact. I mean, you think back to January under Lamucci, we signed what, Diakabi, Fong, and I can't remember the other person we signed, obviously made a lasting impression. Nuno and De Costa. Costa. Yeah, Nuno, De Costa. Nuno, De Costa, yeah. <laughs> 
And you think of like who we've got coming off the bench now, which is night and day. If you, like, you see him linking up like that, for example, Sarage is five times the player the Costa is. Easy, minimum. And, you know, I'd say Silva is, you know, didn't cost nine million pounds, which Huddersfield would fleece for Dier Carby. He looks better than Dier Carby did. So, you know, we've backed up, which is good. And we've got some, we're a bit deep now, which is very good to say. And it does leave us in ninth. We are uh, two points behind the playoffs. Oh, we are three points off fifth. Obviously, QPR's victory over Luton today means that they'll go stay a point ahead of us, regardless what happens on Wednesday. Although it did come at a bit of a loss. The um, result, obviously, Steve Cook went down injured at the end, which looked pretty serious. And it looked like uh, well, Max Lowe went off injured. So, very quick one before we move on to the Huddersfield recap. In turn, regards of the change to the back, what would you do? So, would you go for a back four? Would you bring in certain players? So, we'll start with Lee, we'll go around. So, Lee, what would your changes be, assuming Cook and Lowe are out injured for the foreseeable? Um... I think uh, I, I definitely won't be going four at the back. I think every time we've gone four at the back, we've looked less effective. Um, with probably the... I think we played Barnsley away and we came from behind to win. That was probably one example where it has worked. But let's face it, Barnsley are absolutely shy. So, I mean, you can't really use that as a as a guide as such. So, I would keep it as a three. Um I haven't really got too many qualms with Jack Colback playing left back. Um, I do think you guys made a good point in our chat yesterday, though, that the reason we've signed Laria really is for these situations. So it would be a bit of a surprise not to see him get a bit of a chance now, at least be in the squad for the foreseeable. Mm. Um, but yeah, Colback always looks like a safe pair of hands at left back. Um, so I, I wouldn't be you know, too worried by that. I think at centre back, I think. It's difficult. Figueroa has been in and around the squad. Um, I just think it'd probably be too much of a kick in the teeth for him to then be overlooked by someone who's not even been getting in the squad. Um, Panzo seems highly rated. Whether he's going to throw him in, I'm not sure. Um, I personally think that he will go with Figueroa. I think he'll keep try and keep it like for like. Well, not that Cook and Figueroa are like for like, I suppose, but rather than changing Worrell or McKenna yeah. into the centre. To keep them two the same and, and just slot Figueroa in there. I think, to be honest, Figueroa was good when Cooper came in. Uh, he looked a lot less error-prone. Uh, I know that people like to kind of live in the past with certain players, but for me, Cooper's improved every single player. And when he was getting game time, I thought Figueroa was one of those. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with him, to be honest. As much as Panzo does look an exciting one for the future, I just think in the here and now, in the situation we find ourselves in, I'd go with with Figueroa's experience. Fair enough. That's just a point. Uh, Reese, what about you? Yeah, I pretty much agree with most what Lee said. Um, it's like Figueroa in the centre of a three. He is like a header and a kicker into Figueroa. He's not the best with the ball at his feet. So he is similar to Cook in that sense. But, you know, Cook's superior, like Lee said. But yeah, you probably would expect him to drop into a three. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want us to change the formation because for me, and I would probably all agree on this, that formation suits us the best. Mm. The only, like likely said, Colback is a safe pair of hands at left-back and you can't knock him for what he does at left-back, but he's not really a wing-back. Um, he, he is definitely a full-back, so it would be nice to see um, Larea come in for me personally. Um, but we don't know. I mean, no one seems to know his fitness. This is what this is what annoys me a little bit with Forrest because 
you don't really see these questions get answered by, you know, local media and that. You know, how, how far is Panzo off? How far is Mbeso knocking about? Is Lorraine knocking about? It'd be nice to know, but we don't. So we'll have, we'll have to see um, what happens. But it, it it wouldn't surprise me to see Cole back at left-back. But, I mean, I'm hoping Lorraine can get in soon and see what he's about. And Adam, what was your team to be? Well, I know Larry has been travelling with the squad. He's just not been in the match day squad. He was in the squad Tuesday, uh, Monday, sorry, against Huddersfield, I think. So mm-hmm. he's definitely knocking about. Um, I just don't know. I think it. I, I think it's one of them, like the players, the 13, 14 players that are getting the games at the moment are in such good nick and good form. It's kind of quite hard to bring someone in from the cold as it is and just throw him straight into this kind of promotional cup run craziness that we're in uh, at the moment does it upset the flow of the team and does it is it too much of a risk to bring someone in who's not used to the system that we're playing um that's maybe what I'm I'm kind of thinking with with what Cooper's on board with however I would not be completely against Figueredo coming in at centre half um, in the middle. Look really good uh, under Cooper, like like Lee said. Um, and I wouldn't also be against McKenna slotting in at the, the centre half in the in the middle and and Panzo coming in either. Um, I really wouldn't, and I wouldn't mind even Panzo playing left wing back or Larea. I think I think we've got two decent players there, and I'm not just saying that because we've seen a load of YouTube montages. I just generally think we are recruiting a higher standard of footballer at the moment. Um, again, but wouldn't complain about Jack Colbert being there. It's, it's, it's a really good problem to have, really. It's good that we've got strength and depth. But like Reese says, it would be good to know from the media uh, if they could just ask the questions even. Even if Cooper ignores them kind of thing, at least they've asked them. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's the one thing that I think annoys a lot of football fans as well. But um, I trust Cooper. You, you look at his record, it's been phenomenal since he's come in. Um, so I, I'm happy with whatever the manager does, really. He can't really grumble. He can't really complain about what he's doing because it's he's untouchable at the moment, as I would like to say. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. I mean, it, it is a good point about I think he was asked something. I don't think he was asked specifically about Larea or whoever, but he was basically said, in, in regards to the injuries, what are you going to do? And I think his comment was, every player will have to play their part. So... I, per- I would like to see Larea. I know the argument was against Sheffield United was that, oh, it's maybe too big a game for him. But you know, QPR at home is also a massive game. You can't, like, you can't just shield footballers from playing in these big games. It's what they want to go and do. So I would personally play him at left wing back, even if it does mean having the midfield conundrum of who you drop out of Colback, Yates or Garner. As for centre-back, we have got a bit of options. I mean, like, like, you could have Warrell in the middle and put Mbeso on the right. You could put McKenna in the middle and put Pans on the left. You can keep them where they are and put Figueredo in the middle. Like we do have a, quite a bit of versatility there, which is good, which is nice to see. But um, I do agree. I think ultimately, the manager is more than a nice trust over thirty games. So, in fact, actually, I've got some stats for you. It's thirty games of Cooper, as per uh, Lou Wildham. So we've had seventeen wins, nine draws, and four losses. A points per game two point oh exactly over the course of the season. That would see Forest get promoted. So we found the back of the net forty nine times. The highest return from any Forest manager's first thirty games this century. There have been a lot of managers as well. So, obviously, keepers managed to get the best out of, uh, well, Forrest Hampton as an NC. Davis has had the best prolific season of his career with four goals and two assists, as is Yates with six goals and two assists. 
have to take a deep breath when I say that. Um, 17 wins from 30 in charge. Cooper has already won four more games than Hooton did in 13 less fixtures, which is just scandalous, really. And finally, Forrest under Cooper have scored four goals in a game on three separate occasions this season, which hasn't been done in eight years before. So it's <laughs> quite a revolutionary change, isn't it? So if he wants to play... Okay, he wants to play Kane Davis centre back, whatever he's got our trust, let him do what he wants. Anyway, we will now move on to the Huddersfield game, which so far is, I can't believe I'm saying these words, into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the first time since 1996 when I was approaching my third birthday. It's been that long. Um, and although I will say, uh, Lee could have started off a bit bleak, obviously. We are somewhat robbed by the officials, who I will say in advance were the worst officials we've had all season by a country mile. Uh, so it was clearly on sides and it wasn't given. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it wasn't even close, was it? I mean, yeah, the, neither assistant looks comfortable, I don't think. Whether taking them out of the VAR comfort zone, if you like, had, had made them suddenly realise, oh, no, we've actually got to wave the flag rather than waiting and letting the, the, the technology bail us out. Um, I mean, yeah, it wasn't even close. I, d- I don't know what he's flagged for there, really. Um, just a, a drop in concentration, which thankfully didn't cost us. I mean, when they went and scored moments after, I thought, here we go. We're gonna, yeah, we our, our looks run out. We've finally been... We're, we're going to lose. I, I just think... I know it sounds really negative, but I just figured it'd be the same as the league game. I thought it'd be... They put two banks of four in, uh, and just frustrate the, the living daylights out of everyone. Um, but thankfully, you know, we we do seem a bit of a different breed these days. Um, and yeah, it was just a great night, wasn't it? I just thought it was really, it's great to see the city ground when we, we're winning these games on these occasions. I, I don't remember a season that's been so enjoyable in that sense. Whether mm. the addition of Depeche Mode at the end gets everyone buzzing for it a little bit more, I don't know, but. It's just really nice to see. I, you know, I thought it was the sort of performance against Huddersfield that kind of it makes you feel almost a little bit emotional. Uh, you know, that's what you you go around the country supporting your team for for essentially nights like that where you set up a quarter final in what what I feel is still one of the best competitions in football, to be honest, against a team like Liverpool. Um, as much as we don't want to blow smoke up Liverpool's arse too much, they are a fantastic side to watch, um, and the fact that they're going to be gracing gracing us with their presence for a one-off game at Wembley Stadium is, wow. Can you imagine ever uttering that sentence and not talking about football manager when Chris Hewton was manager? It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. So, yeah, it was just, what a night. Definitely, yeah. And I think that the key thing was, I mean, going back to the offside, it was the fact that none of their players even bothered appealing it. Like, it was so clearly on. But, as you said, we were immediately made to punish for it. We we're very sloppy from a set piece. Uh, Reese, lots of things are wrong with that. I mean, Cook's marking was wrong. Uh, the commentator picked Yates out because he the ball was straight at him. He didn't really jump. And for me personally, Horvath was glued to his line. I mean, those sort of mistakes coming very quickly after a massive deflating note that could have been quite detrimental, really. I think that's why it was one to because we'd started the game so well as well. We we came out, you know, the crowd was up for it. We came out the traps flying, and then we we built up to a point where we'd created the chance and scored. And then you know the assistant referees made a howl of him. It cost us, and within 
a few minutes were one nil down. It's crazy. I don't I don't know I don't know about you guys, but whenever there is a goal which I do think watching it is a bit tight, I will look at the linesman if I can before that obviously euphoria. And that goal I didn't even look because I just thought it looked like it come from behind the player and and then obviously like as you celebrate and you go you turn your active away, saw the flag up or like couldn't believe it. So and then you know, like and then, and then a few minutes later, one nil down, and I, and I thought the exact same as Lee. I thought here we go, it's going to be like Lee said. They're going to sit back. They're going to soak the pressure up. The crowd would the crowd would have got frustrated because we've been robbed of the decision, and we're going to go out one nil, and the referees basically put us out pretty much. And you know, it would have been a toxic night on social media. But <laughs> we've said it before, haven't we? But, there has got to be a point where you kind of got to change that switch in your head of mentality towards Forest because under this management of Cooper, they're just defying things what typical Forest used to do. And like, you know, even yesterday, I was pretty confident yesterday we'd win. I mean, mm. other regimes, you'd think. I know Reading at the bottom, but oh, it could be a slip up today. And we we won four 0 And to be fair, we didn't get out of second gear, second half, and it's hammered and so you know. And now, now, now that obviously that quarter final against you know that mob. Um, like Lee said again, and these are the nights you live for as a football fan. We've not played in for so long. There's obviously the rather from the past. I think most neutral fans are not fans of Liverpool, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, you again, like Lisa, you've got to take the hat to it. You hat off to them. For me, they're the second best team in the world behind City. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they won if they ended up winning the Prem or the Champions League Liverpool, because you know, you look at the squad depth they've got now. They they keep there was a guy on talks bought it on in the week about it saying, Oh, our squad depth's not as good as Man City's. And you look at their squad depth now and they've got some proper depth you know like the attackers and that they've got like five or six attackers they could rotate around so it'll be it's going to be a tough tough game in it but you never know and we'll see Maybe we'll see what happens we um, that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam obviously as we mentioned like it was very strong resilience to turn it around and like, the goal was no less than reserved Surridge finally getting one in the scored, goal scored section and again, the, the through ball from James Garner, that 40-yard ball, and the the run from Yates was just absolutely fantastic. And obviously, the way it came to him, he, he wasn't going to miss. But again, that's, like Rich just mentioned, that sort of resilience, that sort of not knowing when they're beat. I don't really want to throw out the phrase that those tossers down the road fucking go and say every week. But um, when they lose, which is even funnier. But it does seem that, you know, there is a sort of like a never-say-die spirit at Forest. I think that's been installed from like day dot and it since Cooper's yeah. come in um, and I, I didn't feel that um, I didn't feel nervous against Huddersfield I mean they scored against the run of play and I think they'll admit that I don't think they touched the ball for the first 15 minutes um, and it was a really nice to be fair to them it was a really well worked corner because they just it was just set up weird and then like front post Horvath got trapped in on his line from Spence and, and someone else and got nowhere near it and, and Huddersfield are at the top of the leaderboard for scoring from set pieces for a reason. They obviously work on it a lot. 
However, I just thought they didn't offer anything else. I mean, I know the I know Horvath had to make a few few saves from them, but by the end of it, we had so many clear cut chances. I think Garner miss spooned one and, and Spence spooned one towards the end. I just was not it kind of just reminded me of the game at the city ground, except we actually took chances this time and won and won the game in the end, I, I would say comfortably. And and but at, to Huddersfield to, to Huddersfield, I actually think it was the best fixture we've had in the FA Cup. I thought they put up a better fight than Arsenal and I thought they were better than Leicester. Um yeah, and, that, that. and that go that's that's credit to Huddersfield. I mean, I ran and Raven before we played them and got beat one 0 So uh that bit me in the arse. Um this time I didn't underestimate them because they're a hard working side. Um but we we got our, we got we we deserved the win in that one. Uh sorry just Finish was sublime. Uh, great for him to score his first one. The first one, the first one that got disallowed was a good finish as well. Get on Crest's man, yeah. uh, slotted it against um, uh, Blackman, and then obviously Yates <laughs> on, on hot form. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna that very shortly. Yeah, he was sublime, and he's been sublime all this week. Um, can't really fault him. He's done. He's done amazing. I mean, we'll get onto the Sheffield United game because I thought he was, that was his best game of the season for me. Um, but yeah, great run for for not only the the goal for Surridge, but for the for the free kick. He just drifts in and and, and heads home. And we criticised his head in uh, a couple of weeks ago, and this <laughs> and then this week he's completely shown us all up. And and I'm all for it because I'd rather be proven wrong than uh, than proven right. So uh, fantastic. Um, it's a free hit against Liverpool. I just can't believe people are going to see Jurgen Klopp shouting at the referee when when we get a goal and the VAR doesn't rule it out. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to Keenan Davis putting in Virgil Van Dijk in the trench. So you know, all all, all up for that. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, those saves there from Horvath, uh, Lee. Obviously, you're, you're you see, you've obviously been very quick to defend. Not all keepers in general. Obviously, I think you appreciate perhaps more than most that it's a very difficult job on the pitch. As we all know, it's a very specialist role. Um, I guess I sort of thought the saves were quite routine. And when I watched them back, I was still like, oh, okay, actually, maybe not a little bit. But it's more the fact that he makes them look routine. I mean, the one from they hit the post and then was like, he shouldn't really have a right to save that. The free kick, again, it looks straight at him. But again, it very could have easily gone under him. And the one that Ward hit early and he sort of tipped around the posts. You know, all three very good saves. And from a keeper that's deservedly kept his spot. Yeah, I think um, the, the one from Thomas was the best. Um, when when you've when it's kind of come off the post and you're already on the ground to to actually compose yourself and all, all you're thinking is get up and make yourself as big as possible before he shoots. And he didn't really have time to do that, to be honest. Um, I mean, if if Thomas puts it high, it goes in essentially. Um, but he didn't, and he still got to make the save. And I think that kind of showcased his reactions and and how useful he can be. I actually thought, I think it's strange sometimes how different things look when you watch them back on the highlights because I thought the save he made from Ward that wasn't the free kick was a really, really good save. And then I watched it back and I thought, well, that's probably his most rude. That's the one where if that one goes in, you think, wow, how's he not saved keeper. that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know, I know you thought the, the free kick was quite routine, Christian, but I think like you say, he makes it look routine because he gets down so quickly to it. And I think nine times out of 10 goalkeepers are expecting a free kick to go high. Whereas when it goes low, it kind of, you've got to adjust your feet quickly. And I think he does that really well, to be honest, whether I must admit that's the sort of thing that Samba does really well. His footwork is excellent. And whether that's rubbing off on Orvath, um, 
remains to be seen because obviously we didn't see a lot of him before. But um, yeah, his footwork is quite good. I thought it was a bit disappointing he got pinned in. I think coming for crosses in the sky is a bit of a confidence thing. And I think maybe first 20 minutes, big occasion, maybe that did get to him a little bit. Because I think when he did finally come and punch one clear against Huddersfield, he came for a couple more afterwards and he seemed he seemed absolutely fine. So, yeah, I think um, he's done very well, uh, to be honest. Uh, everyone seems to love Samba. So it's not been, it's been quite big shoes to fill. Uh, but he's done it, he's done it really well for me. Yeah, definitely. It's a fair point. And again, like, while he's keeping clean sheets, you don't, mess around with that it's the winning former isn't it for this time at least for this moment in time so and he stays and deservedly so I mean like yeah USA and all that so yeah I guess it would have been quite easy for sides you know second in the league at the time who I again won't backtrack on like Adam and <laughs> <laughs> I won't give them credit because they don't deserve it I still think they'll crumble but fair enough they're, they're looking a pretty sure fire bet for the playoffs at the minute but I guess right. even with six changes even with Lewis O'Brien out you know, it's still uh, still a side there on merit ultimately, and the fact that we kept them at arm's length surely like, puts us in good stead. Should we get to the playoffs if we can prove that we can do it on nights like that? I think from their perspective, that team selection was a sign of yeah, we can maybe look at pushing into that top two personally for them to make six changes, and especially like you say, because leave Lewis O'Brien out, who for me is their best player. By a mile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just a surprise. That probably says to me, well, you know, if we win, brilliant, but if not, we'll, we'll, the league's more important, which, to be fair, for any club in the Championship, it is. Mm. You know, I know we've got, you know, fans have romance with the cup and that like we all have at the minute, but for a financial aspect, you know, bread and butter is a league. So, yeah, um, you know, in regards of keeping them out, I just, I just thought, you know, Joe Warren and Ryan Yates you know, being Forest passion merchants just literally went into overdrive that last 15 minutes and they was literally kicking, heading, tackling everything and literally put everything on the line and and just stepped up a level to get us there. And then and when they step up a level, to think you've got the likes of Scott McKenna and Jack Cole back and other experienced pros below him and like Keenan Davis come on and to put himself about as he usually does. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, we've seen it out pretty comfortably. And, you know, like them days of Lamucci of crumbling, you know, in the last minute, we're the side now who makes other, who takes points off other teams. So, you know, long may it continue you're looking forward to every game I can't wait now till Wednesday because it's a massive game Wednesday you know Definitely. obviously QPR QPR winning today I'm just looking forward to end the game because you know we're into the running now the business end of the season and yeah keep the games coming thick and fast the momentum generated is fantastic mm. as we say on FM um, <laughs> as you mentioned Adam um, we could have scored more like the chances that Spence and Garner missed, especially, were glorified. How sort of was you hang your head in shame that you missed them? Like um, it could have been so much more comfortable as well. I mean, but I think, like you said, it was very much like the league game in that we had created a lot of chances. It's just on this occasion, two of them fell our way. Yeah, I mean, you can't really like complain too much. We've won the game in the end, and they they, they didn't matter in the end. I, I've just 
you're kind of glad that people are getting in the right areas because that always Definitely. bodes well, um, especially like uh, your midfielders and your and your and your defenders. I mean, if you if your strikers start getting in the end of those sort of chances, which they are at the moment, um, then then it it only bodes well for us. I mean, I think I know Huddersfield made six changes and they've lost that game, but you think now on Wednesday, how many all that like, literally every player is going to run and cover every blade of grass on Wednesday because they're going to want to play in that team team on Sunday against Liverpool, yeah. and. Cooper is obviously breeding this winning mentality, win every game we can and uh, take, take it in our stride. Um, it's, it's a great positive attitude to have and our fans are now getting behind it so much. I mean, like Reese says, he's, he's looking forward to going to watch uh, every week and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to as many games as I can get to or, or listen to or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter um, whether you're having to support the team from... 5,000 miles away in maybe like Australia or America or whatever, every single person who's a red is actually is behind the team at the moment. And that's, that's a brilliant thing to be a part of in general. So, and, and it, I think it's, I think people are to a part of the club are receiving that in, in full at the moment. No, definitely. Yeah. It's a very good time to be a Forest fan. It's, which is rare and unusual to say it's very um, weird yeah very <laughs> very utilizing and yeah i'll see that uh you know forest in the quarterfinals of the fa cup unbelievable i'll keep saying that until it like it still doesn't feel semi-real does it i think it'll probably be when like the game kicks off against liverpool but like shit this is actually a quarterfinal where it actually proper sinks into us but i think i've noticed it's the fourth time i think uh since since they built new wembley that we've been a game away from it so I hope it's fourth time lucky. But um, anyway, so we'll move on to the Sheffield United game now, and which obviously finished a one-all draw. However, I do still think that did us a bit of an injustice, and it's possibly the best we've played all season, Lee, home or away, and only got a point to show for it, which is a bit unfortunate. But that start, really, like, for a club side, I don't think they hadn't conceded the league at home since October, you know, we're in a period run of form and we just ripped that up, that script up before it even got a chance to get off the ground. Yeah, we did a real job on them. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with everything you've just said, really. I think it was our best performance of the season. Um, if, if only we'd scored that penalty, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to slag him off too much for the penalty. I mean, if it goes, if it goes in as it did against Blackburn, it, everyone lords him and happy days he sent the keeper the wrong way, but um, maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned. I just in that situation, I'd just love him to show like an experienced head on young shoulders, if you like, and just yeah, I've taken one all season. The keeper's looked at it; he knows where I'm going to go. I'll just whack it into the corner. Mm. Um, but he didn't. So I mean, Brennan Johnson's bailed us out no end of times this season. So it, it, it's one blemish on a, an otherwise sparkling campaign. But um, yeah, it was a good performance. I thought Steve Cook was probably. One of the best he's played, to be honest. Um, I think because I sit in the upper tier at the home games, I think it was the first time I've had the chance to see Cook up close, and I couldn't believe how much talking he did. To be honest, um, his experience in this relatively young side, I think, will be massive. So let's hope his injury isn't too bad. To be honest, yeah, um, but yeah, it was just a good all-round performance. To be honest. Um, the goal was the very least we deserved. I didn't think it was coming, if I'm being honest. I thought we were going to lose. But, I mean, if you want an indication of just how much of a job we did on Sheffield United, they went and battered 
Middlesbrough, everyone's waxing lyrical about Chris Wilder. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. He went and got walloped for one at Sheffield United. Welcome back, Chris. Um, so, yeah, um, it was a great performance. Um, just a shame we didn't get the three points, really. No, definitely. I mean, I think we'll talk about that penalty now, uh, Reese. I think the first thing Cooper said after the game when he was asked about it was Johnson will take the next penalty on the pitch, which is fair enough. But, you know, for, it's just so frustrating. I mean, like, you know, we could have had a penalty before then, obviously, when Davis was hauled down and the ref didn't give anything. And then obviously Spence went flying and that toss of Don Goodman with his typically anti-forest. I swear he must have released him as a kid or something because he fucking hates us. It's like, oh, it's not a penalty. when it clearly was. And... You, know, but you, get, you get a chance like that against a side like that, in form like that, for a penalty to... Yeah, I mean, it was bad. It's Lightly like says, I'm reluctant to be too critical about it because the amount of times Johnson's bailed us out and will continue to do so while we have him, but that was bad. The thing is, penalties are one of them, isn't it? I mean, it's a very, it's a very touchy subject, penalties, because, like... How many penalties do you see where they've sent the keeper the wrong way and they've literally passed it in? And if the keeper dives that way, he makes an easy save and it, that's the difference. You know, I know I'm going down a bit of a slippery slope here, but it's what it's one of them. I, I'm not having I'm not having this bollocks from Sheffield that he did his own work, that he would have known that Johnson took his only penno down the middle. Is that the reason why he stood down the middle? I don't know. I just thought. Brennan's pen was a bit obvious who's going down the middle to be honest um, but yeah it, it, it wasn't a bit to me any penalty what's saved isn't a good penalty because you, you put it in certain places keeper isn't getting to it as a penalty um, and it, it is a shame because like we said it, very similar um, to the Huddersfield um, goal what we've got to slide in terms of we built us way up to get that chance and then you know, we'd missed that. It was his own fault for missing that chance against Sheffield. So, yeah, it was a shame. And and then it was like typical Billy Sharp won it, a poetry championship. You know, been there, seen it, done it in the championship. And you're just thinking, fucking hell, he's not had a sniff all night. And then he's had one chance, stuck it in the net, and they're going to do us here. Mm-hmm. You know, and then thankfully at the end, we got a point, you know, with the euphoria at the end. you it is a point game when you're going one nil down into stoppage time, but we really could have won that game. It was a shame. And like Lee said, you know, their home record before that, they hadn't conceded for a while. I know they got thumped yesterday away from home, but then they went and batted Middlesbrough in midweek. So for the way we played and some of the build up play, that was tremendous. It was just we missed that cutting edge and it was just that was probably one game where you would have maybe thought mm, it would have been nice to have Lewis Grabman on the field that time. Yeah, perhaps. Although it's worth noting that in his absence, obviously Keenan Davis stood up and Adam Davis, I thought that performance against Sheffield United, I mean, there was no one else you could look beyond the man in the match. He was absolutely superb. He tormented their back line. He bullied them. He got in their faces. I mean, even a big lump like Sander Berg was going nowhere near him. Didn't want the smoke. Like Davis ran the show at Bramall Lane. So did Ryan Yates, James Garner. Everyone ran the show because Sheffield United couldn't have... I mean, they were trying to hit the self-destruct button from minute one. They were giving the ball away that many times. We just couldn't capitalise and Davis just... he 
he was a brute, wasn't he? He just reminds you of like kind of that Antonio when he was with us for that one season and and people obviously liking him to Collie Moore and, and whatnot. He's just he's just flourishing playing week in, week out. And he said that yesterday in his interview with Colin Frey. He's just he's very enjoying his time and he's needed this for a long time. Um uh, Max Lowe, if you go anything, if you go in on, on the paper talk, Keenan loves it. So yeah. get your checkbook out. Um yeah, we, we were we were tremendous. I think what let us down is just that clinical edge. I mean, Zinconago was guilty of it. He was he was shooting when he should have passed. There was a time when he went through one on one and he could have squared it and he shot and he and Fodder made a decent save. But one on one, you 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 bank on a player like Zinconago to 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 hit the back of the net at least. Um, but yeah, just typical typical uh, football, isn't it? Where you're on top and you don't take your chances and. And someone like Billy Sharp gets on top from there. One bit of quality from Morgan Gibbs White, and 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 it's a great header to be fair to him. And they got on top of us for a, for a ten minute spell where I wasn't sure we were going to get back into it. But credit to Horvath, he made some really good saves at a yeah. critical point, and and you could say he he's, he's the reason where why we were still within the game at ninety five minutes, and and then Yates he pops up, doesn't he? Uh, but he, he he was brilliant in centre mid. I I did worry. I mean, you got Ollie Norwood, Sander Berghu cost what. 30 million or whatever he was yeah, in a the lot Premier League. Bag, yeah. Gone in Yates were, were sublime. Yates in, in particular, intercepting, forward passing. I mean, with the weeks before we were saying he was going backwards and sideways, but against Sheffield United, it was sweeping balls straight forward into players, into dangerous areas. I'm running out of superlatives, really. <laughs> like it was that kind of a performance for it from him. And 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 I'm I'm Absolutely happy to be proven wrong with, with him at the moment. He's he's showing why why he's amongst the thirteen. I would say, I wouldn't say he's like number one on the team sheet, but he's he's cl- he's closing in on it, isn't he? At the moment, I mean, you can't really. It's a great dilemma to have when you've got Jack Colback, James Garner, and Ryan Yates all playing eights out of ten every week, if not higher. So fantastic, we're getting a point. We'll, we'll be in there. Yeah, I reckon so too. Um, Lee, obviously, um, as as Adam touched upon, some magic from Morgan Gibbs-White. Uh, again, I'm a player all too familiar to Cooper, having shooted him at England 21 level. And on a personal note, someone part of my all-conquering Forest side on Football Manager 19. Um, he was brilliant at the way he cut inside um, and then got the, obviously the cross in. But... <sighs> I'm not going to say it was avoidable in the sense that, you know, it was a bit negative. Because uh, obviously, you know, the, the classic stop the cross, stop the goal. He's sold Colback a dummy superbly to put the cross in. That's fine. That happens. Take your hat off. Top skill. I do think that it's sharp of all people on the pitch like, who's done it for a living for the last 15, 16 years. Why is he being left unmarked, just ghosting between a gap? That's the only thing that got me for that goal. Because they ended up with Spence marking it with all people. It's like, why on one centre-back's got him? Yeah, it was a bit strange. Um, it was a, a rare moment where we, in an otherwise great performance, where we just completely, it was like we just switched off. It was all a bit slow motion, I thought, the goal. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, one of Max Lowe's biggest strengths, I think, is, is tackling um, and his ability to close players down quickly. I, this is the problem when you, you sign loan players from your own division, I suppose, isn't it? Um the two games that they can't play often comes back to bite you. Um, mm. You look at the Middlesbrough game with Spence when we had to throw Finn back in there. 
he grew into the game, but in the first half, O'Neill and Andes just absolutely ruined him, didn't they? Um, yeah. It was it was a similar situation, I think. Gibbs White kind of perhaps knew that he'd have a bit of joy from Colback, uh, fancied his chances of getting a couple of early ones in, and unfortunately for us, one of them that he did get in, Sharp was on hand. So yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but I suppose it's one of them. Um, you're gonna get them, aren't you? In this league, yeah. this league's there's some good sides, there's some good players, and. Billy Sharp, he's done it time and time again. Like you say, it was just frustrating that of all the players that we switched off and decided to let Spence mark, bizarrely, um, it was Billy Sharp, the, the bloke who's scored the most championship goals ever. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but we got the point. So, happy days, I suppose. Definitely, yeah. And I'm coming on to that point now. I mean, it's 95th minute. And I will say some of his deliveries, I mean, James Garner now. I mean, very early in the game, you know, he put one for Davis, which just flashed over. You know, he put one for Cook, which obviously rattled the bar. I remember thinking, like, as he was going to take that corner, I was like, this is it. Like, this is clutch time now. This is, you know, let's see what you can do. Man United whiz kids. And Reese, sure enough, bang on the money. Yates uses morals, a bit of a leverage, and it's in the back of the net. But we can't take that guard delivery for granted because we will constantly be a threat from set pieces while he's standing over them. Garner, Garner's delivery is... I know Trevor Sinclair said on talks, what didn't he? Was it after the, was it after the Leicester game? Mm. Yeah, he called it David Beckham-esque, didn't he? So, that, I mean, that is some, that is some statement. Um, the, thing is, the thing is with Garner, like, there is sometimes when his delivery isn't the best, but what I love about Garner is he's always willing to put a ball into the mix and something what he is really good at is like a, he did it a few times yesterday where he go he drives a ball really low and it happened a few times yesterday and it literally one I think just went wide and it was causing Kate like a pinball in their box and when you put balls like that in with pace low on the floor and that it was only a matter of time before he just hit someone and goes in yeah um but, you know, going back to the corner for the Sheffield game, right on the money, wasn't it? And I just couldn't believe Ryan Yates. After we'd always said, and a lot, a lot of us are the same, even off this podcast, you know, this 50p head. And I just love Round that pound head now. That's, that's what I'm going to come on to. That tweet is like a shiny round pound, brilliant header, perfect into the corner. And it was, a, you know, I don't know, we just mentioned it earlier, but it really was the least we deserved. I would have, especially with them being a playoff rival, I would have felt vastly hard done by and very morbid if we'd have lost that game because we didn't deserve to lose at all. I think I've still got bruises on my knees from the seats in front of me <laughs> when we scored, honestly. So that place is a bloody death trap. Um, but um, I guess, so, I mean, uh, last Adam, I mean, it's a very good chance that if we were to finish in the playoffs, which, you know, fingers and toes crossed, we will do, there is a good chance we'll play Sheffield United. On the basis of what you saw on that game, okay, fair enough, they might have had a few injuries, and the basis of what happened at the City ground, in which, again, one all draw, a bit unfortunate to go behind, then clawed it back up an equaliser. How do you think we'd fare against them in a, in a top six shootout? It'll be a bloody good contest, won't it? Uh, mm. two, two sides of a lot of history. Um, obviously, that, that playoff uh, semi-final... Um, 2003, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah under Paul Hart, um, which was a ridiculous game for the neutral. So, um, 
on the basis of the two games, I, f- I feel like we could have Sheffield United's number, but they're kind of similar kind of to us. They don't they don't give up very easy. A lot of uh, a few local lads and that. Um, good team spirit. Obviously got a, a, a very good striker in Billy Sharp, and but without him, I know full well they rely on him heavily. So if he if he gets injured or, or whatever that it's kind of like who's scoring because Rian Brewster and Ollie McBurney aren't doing it I mean I've never rated McBurney I thought he was a donkey at, even at Swansea when he scored 20 odd goals and they signed him I was just like why, why are they signing him he's shit um, you'll probably end up scoring the winner now <laughs> um, but yeah no I'd fancy our chances against anyone I mean even Middlesbrough we lost two games to them I think I, 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 I fancy us against anyone on our day so I think teams will fear us just as much as 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 anyone. So the playoffs is a, is a lottery, and at the end of the day, I, I'm quite happy. I mean, even if we missed out, I'd I'd still think we've had a really good season. It would be disappointing because of how good we 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 seem to be at the moment. But we can't be too disappointed because it's so tight in there, isn't it? I mean, I think we're going to say this for the next several podcasts. It's just going to go to the wire, isn't it? So. I fancy us against anyone. If it's Sheffield United, I, I fancy us. So whoever, I don't care. Bring them on. If we get there, we've got to get there first. That's that's exactly. the. That's, exactly. We've got to take every game uh, one step at a time, as as every manager will say. Um, QPR first on Wednesday. Let's let's beat them first, yeah. and and, yes. and see where we are next week. Always say. So I keep saying, if we get there, it should be get there. We yeah, might like yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be like too too optimistic because you just sell for for like. A, a exactly, wall, yeah, don't you? But and like we said I'm, before, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confident, <laughs> we all are. But like, what uh, I think the most frustrating part is, and like we've touched on before in previous pods, we gave the league a seven game head start. Like, imagine where we'd be with that. We, we'd probably be fighting out of Bournemouth right now and sort of coming on this pod regularly every every fortnight, calling Parker a fraud for assembling a bunch of players that you can't get playing <laughs> together. But Sadly, isn't to be, at least not yet anyway. But, um, anyway, we move on to the final part, which is our predictions for the next two games. I'm going to do a special thing for you after the Liverpool game and going into international international break, which comes immediately after that. So the next two fixtures are Queen's Park Rangers at home on Wednesday and then Liverpool at home on Saturday. And if those who want to watch on TV, QPR's on Sky and Liverpool's on ITV1. So, Lee, we'll start with you. Your predictions for two very big games on the banks of the Trent. Yeah, massive. Um, tricky. I've been quite optimistic lately on these uh, predictions, so I think I'm going to stick with that uh, positivity. Uh, I think we'll beat QPR. Um, mm-hmm. No other reasoning than I just don't... I don't fear anyone coming to our place at the minute. Um but I do think it'll be a tough game. So I think it'll be, I think it might be 3-2 Forest. Goal fest then. Going to go for some goals, yeah. 3-2 uh, Forest. And then Liverpool, it's tricky. Um, I've said penalties in the last two games, I think. <laughs> and I feel like we're going to get some drama. Um, I mean, the Liverpool one's difficult because I'd love to see what team they're going to play first. I genuinely think if they play a... Uh, I was looking at the team that he played at Preston in the Cup 
I mean, if you play something like that, I think there's hope for us um, of getting a really positive result. But I sense that with it being a game away from Wembley, there might be two or three big guns in there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stick with the shout of penalties. I think it's going to be a really good occasion. I think the fans are going to, it's cliched, but they're going to be the 12th man. Yeah. Um, I sound like a Reading fan now, don't I? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm going to go penalties. Um, you're going to push me for a winner, aren't you? I've got to say Forrest, haven't I? Can't Off see. to Wembley Can't we go. <laughs> okay, race. So keep your eye on the Liverpool. Oh, you're on mute. My bad. Um, QPR, you know, the, again, they're not a team who... We're, we're, we're right horrible, aren't we, to have a team on this podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's probably because they're managed by Warburton and we sort of subconsciously yeah, think to be, by to, margins. To they're doing fair, well. To be, to be <laughs> fair to him, um, to put away a way of looting and win is a, is a cracking yeah. result. Huge result um, for yeah. them, mm. um, So it will be a tough game, which, you know... And it will, I do expect it will be a tight game, but I think we'll edge it. So I'm going to go 2 1 um, for that one. Um, because Lee, while Lee was doing his prediction, I was looking at Liverpool's team for the last FA Cup game, uh, which was, was very rotated. Um, which, tight, uh, wasn't it? Um, well, they played Norwich in the last round. Oh, yeah, of course. It was kind of yeah. Which yes, we, yeah. I'll quickly run through it, which was Alisson, Milner, Canate, Gomez, Shimikas. Oxlade Chamberlain, Henderson, Jones, Minamina, Origi, Yotta. I would expect them to be a tiny bit stronger than that against us. And with obviously, if it does go tits up, then he's got his array of stars on the bench. But there's absolutely no chance after waiting years to play these that I'm predicting them to beat us. So <sighs> I'm going to go to 1 0 to Forest. Nice. Tight, tight game. And yeah, I hope it goes. I hope it go to penalties because that won't be God. No, but, oh God, I wouldn't oh. have any fingers left. No fingers. Got, uh, we've seen what? them in the. We've seen how good they are as one of the Carabao Cup finals. Yeah. I know. So. Even their keeper scorer. Like, yeah. oh, you know, I mean, James Milner's like. I don't think I've ever seen James Milner miss a penalty. You know what I mean? So if they're reliable, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, but even to be involved in these in this type of games, like we mentioned earlier, you know. You do after the start we've had as well. You have to pitch yourself a little bit, and I know Adam said earlier he wouldn't be too disappointed if we didn't get in the playoffs this season. But it's getting to that stage now. Like as well, Lee said earlier, with how many loan players have impressed this season, I'm just starting to think it would be a little dis- bit disappointed if we didn't get crash it this season now with how well we're playing. I mean, personally. I don't think it'll be a case of gate crashing. I think we'll be comfortable. Yeah, but, I'm just using because we're like yeah, yeah, outside yeah. at the minute. You know what I mean? We'll have to yeah. see. We'll have to see. Obviously, yeah. a lot can happen in football. We're still eleven. It's just because we haven't like. I don't think we've actually like been in it, have we? We've been in it like once the playoffs, and we like come out. Yeah, we fell out very quickly. Yeah, but we got, so it's just we weird, got in since, um, since... It was after we beat Blackburn. We got in. Yeah, and then we came. Team. We could have got in if we beat Cardiff, didn't we? That's when we blew it. Yes. Um, right. yeah. it's just you know it's just strange because we're on amazing really good run of form and we can't we can't seem to get in them it's the same like, teams. I mean look at the other end I mean it's just how this is this is why it makes it so exciting because obviously everyone around us is winning games as well it's the other end of the mm. table I mean look at Barnsley yesterday had they held on against um, Fulham Fulham yeah 
what two points behind Reading. Now it's only mm-hmm. you, know, you, you get you get a win in the bottom half, and obviously you gain significantly. You get a win at the top, you just keep your place. So it's going to be hard, but a long way to go. And but anyway, Adam, QPR and Liverpool. QPR tricky game. Uh, very very tricky game. Again, I don't. I was like, I think what Lee said about slagging every team up that comes on the podcast. Um, you don't want to do it, do you? But I've, I, I think with how we're playing at home, we finally found a bit of a rhythm. Uh, yes. There, we're starting to climb the home form table, and I've said that if we can win every game at home this season, we'll we'll be comfortably in the playoffs because I think we've got enough to pick a pick maybe a couple of wins up on the road still. So um, if we can keep that, then then. Then I expect us to win Wednesday night, and I think we'll win two nil. Um, it'll be it'll be tough, but I think I think we'll get there in the end. I think we will just have a bit too much for them, hopefully, um, especially with our tempo and and our and our passing at the moment. We're we're we're, we're looking good. Um, Sunday against Liverpool, it's a free hit in it. it um, just go gunno, I guess. I mean, I'd rather us go gunno and lose two three nil than than kind of like. Sit back, counter attack. Um, I think we just go for them and play to our strengths, really. And if we lose, we lose. If if, if we win, I mean, I think there'll be a bit of a party uh, in the city, won't there? And, and whatnot. Um, I don't want. I'm not going to predict us to lose. I think I'm going to go with Reese. I think we might sneak it one nil somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, I reckon it's okay. Um, I reckon for QPR, it'll be a one nil for us to win. I think I think that's when we went to um, Loftus Road. There wasn't a lot in it, but I felt we were the better side, and we just got hit by a sucker punch. We should have had a penalty, or at least two penalties way before them as well. So you think at home, our own fans behind us. Yeah, I, I think it'll be tight. It won't be easy because obviously they like keeping the ball very well. But then again, so did Swans when we cut them to ribbons. So I reckon one 0 Forest. And yeah, a good defensive display again. Obviously, there's a lot, a lot, there can be a lot of attention as to who goes into those spots for Cook and um, Low, assuming they're both injured. Of course, we'll have to wait and see on those. But yeah, I still, I still fancy Forrest to win them out, them out of a good defensive combination. As for the offended by everything and ashamed by nothing mob that comes to City Ground on Sunday, it, you know what? Fucking so Liverpool win it, one 0 Forrest. Um, I reckon, like Lee said, it'll be a 12th man thing. I think that Klopp has routinely and regularly underestimated the cup competitions until they've got to a certain point, which is normally far beyond this anyway. Like, they sort of fell into the final by accident in the, in the League Cup. Um, and, you know, they don't have a great record in the FA Cup. I think it will be a rotated squad. They've got Arsenal on Wednesday. So that'll be the first team boys out. There's a chance Salah might be injured anyway. So, yeah, but I reckon one North Forest. And we are on the fingertips of Wembley somehow. Um, but regardless, whatever happens, I trust Keenan Davis to launch Virgil van Dijk around like a ragdoll. I trust Mo Salah to be punted into the Trent by Joe Worrell. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll make it hard for them. No matter what happens, even if we lose, we'll make it hard for them. But I personally think that fourth home game in a row, under the lights at the city grounds, where I feel like everyone, the whole city, is pushing them on. Yeah, we'll do it. Why not? Why not? Anyway, we'll find out whether we did or not in a week or so. But until then, 
take care and make sure you've got your red and white scarf ready for Liverpool on Sunday. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.